Welcome to the podcast. I'm Steph. I'm Jory. He's a husband, father, lawyer, coach, and former cop living with PTSD. She's a wife, mother, student, and fitness instructor living with secondary PTSD. Jory is a lawyer, but he is not your lawyer. And neither one of us are doctors, so nothing we discuss should be taken as medical or legal advice. Sometimes we talk about things related to police and first responders, so please use discretion. Just listen along for some fun and entertainment, and maybe we'll learn something along the way. When those sirens are gone Welcome to episode three, Never the Same. This week there was an article posted I thought was pretty interesting. And it was talking about someone who was telling their colleagues, basically they all need to calm down in this COVID business. And it was someone who worked in higher education and, you know, I'm currently in school and things have completely changed. All my classes have been put online and I know my professors are up all night trying to transition everything from a live classroom to a virtual classroom and there's kind of this anticipation for when things get back to normal and the announcement came this week too that our kids will officially not be going back to school Um, we don't know when they'll be going back to school next year Uh, but you know everything is changing and we're kind of waiting for this normalcy to come back but the interesting thing that this author wrote was that people need to stop trying to get things back to normal because whatever happens after this it's going to be a new normal there are going to be things that are fundamentally changed and I think that's true with any big world event or even any personal event and especially any traumatic events so my question for you is are there any events that you think your life changed after in a way that you know you can't go back and then we can talk about, you know, how you adjust to having a new normal. So are there any events that you thought, you know, or realized my life is never going to be the same or something has changed for me permanently? What would they be? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of them. Um, I think especially early on, um, in, in the whole PTSD mess, um, I think that my fear was that they wouldn't, things wouldn't go back to being, the same as before and it, it really helped when I was finally able to realize that you know sometimes things not going back to the way they were before is a good thing you know they can be better than they were before mm-hmm. we always look at things never being the same as being a negative but I think a lot of times uh, you can make that a positive but I mean things as as simple as you know I, I dislocated a shoulder uh, my left shoulder real bad um, when I was like 20 years old and I got it fixed, but I don't have the mobility in that shoulder like I did before. So I've had to compensate for that. Um, and then PTSD, we don't exactly know when, you know, the PTSD took full hold, but it's been about 12 years probably. Um, and I honestly, I can't remember life without uh, having some of the struggles come that come with PTSD. So, um, you know, certainly any kind of traumatic experience uh, especially the you know the death of a loved one or uh, something you know frightening a car accident a, an assault or something like that is going to change your view on the world it's going to change your view on maybe yourself um, or even others so yeah there's been a lot of times in my life where where something has occurred traumatic or not that afterwards I realized yeah life is never going to be the same after today hmm. something that 
was actually hard for us. We've had to go to marriage counseling, so that's no secret. We'll just throw that out there because we got all kinds of crazy to deal with just like everybody else, but we're willing to put ours out there in the public apparently. Uh, But one thing that was really hard was it's very common for a counselor to say, you know, reflect on your early years. Right. Reflect on why you got together. Reflect on those things you loved about each other at first and what brought you together. And that was almost actually hard and was not necessarily a positive exercise like it was supposed to be because so many traumatic events happened after that that we have been so drastically changed as people mm-hmm. and as the way like just as human beings like it's not just like oh we grew a little bit like it no like these these are things that we've had personality changes and viewpoint changes and just it's been such a dramatic change that it actually made me really sad to think about those years of when we were first together before the trauma hit because it makes you feel like I never get to have that again yeah I never get to be that innocent I never get to have that. I never get to be that carefree. I mean, and you can even say that about, you know, graduating from high school, mm-hmm. you know, then you have to get a job and it's like the real world and it stinks and, you know, it's so hard and you're wishing, oh, I wish I could just, you know, go back to, well, depends on if high school sucked or not. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't wish to Yeah. No, to sorry. But just, you know, a little more like a little less responsibility sort of thing. Sure. So there is this tendency to have to go back to those things. And I know that my experience was I really held on to that. And it was very, very depressing for me, especially going through the trying to bring our marriage full circle and bring get the pieces of that where we want it to be. Mm -hmm. It was it was very much a hang up for me because, yeah, the idea of what once was Mm -hmm. what it haunted me. It really legit haunted me. Well, and, and for me, and I'm, of course, I remember that because... You had to live through it. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't pretty. No, but, no. <laughs> you know, in, in my looking back, of course, my my response, my emotional response to most things is anger, which is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm yeah, working yeah. on that. That was sarcasm, in case anyone's wondering. That right. Was, yeah. It's not fun. Yeah. So I, I, I have to work on that a lot, but... You know, it it made me angry for the counselor to say, you know, look back on when you were young and what you wanted and, you know, what you saw in each other and whatnot, because mm-hmm. it it's almost, I almost felt like it's irrelevant at this point. And I felt like it had been robbed from us. Yeah. and Like and, that opportunity had been taken from us by other people's actions. Yeah. Well, and, and for me, the, it, it was really, I guess it was kind of. I don't know. Maybe it's strange. Maybe it's not. But after the trauma, I didn't really see it as trauma at the time. I saw it as doing a public service. You know, I, I saw it as being strong for those who can't be strong. And, and I wore it as a badge of honor mm-hmm. that I was able to help people get through that. And I saw it as a an experience for me to grow. And so to to try to go back to who I was before was it, it made me angry. It just made me feel like I'm not that person. I don't want to be that person. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be innocent again because I feel like I'm I'm a a more prepared person. I'm safer knowing what I know about the world. And and so anyway, it made me angry to think that this counselor wanted me to go back in time when I was trying to deal with 
who I am today, not with who I was 15 years ago or, or whatever it might be. Yeah, that makes sense. I think we have a broad spectrum of experience too, um, because there's a difference in life experiences, right? So the traumatic ones, like for with policing or even with abuse, that is the action of someone else. Right. It's a criminal. It's, you know, somebody killed somebody else and you're cleaning it up as the police officer or you are a child and somebody preyed on you, you know, and so it's not your choice. And so there's a feeling of being robbed, of being robbed of that. And then on the helplessness. Yeah, you're helpless. And and there is some anger there. And I think you need to let yourself be angry. I think a lot of the processing of all of this is you need to let yourself feel what it really is. And on the flip side of the experience, we've also lived through, uh, you know, we lived in snow territory. We've lived through some blizzards and, you know, things like that. But also Hurricane Harvey. We mm-hmm. live in Houston and there was Hurricane Harvey. And that was, that was pretty biblical. That was kind of mm-hmm. crazy. And then another thing is medical issues. Yeah. I've had some several things. I've lost half my hearing and had some heart surgeries. And that's another thing where it wasn't another person that took that from me. But it also wasn't your fault. Yeah, right. I didn't cause it. Well, and I think that's really hard sometimes is when there are things in life that you did not cause. I did not develop COVID. I did not produce it. I did not do anything to make this happen. Contracted even. No, I, I have. I am... Thankful and so grateful that we have so far have been safe and bless the people that have it and just I hope they just keep fighting. But yeah, there was nothing that I did to bring this on myself. And sometimes where we have no control over what has caused us pain, it's almost even harder to get through. Oh, absolutely. I think one of the hardest parts about trauma is the the feeling of no control. And I found out actually... Uh, fairly early on after I was diagnosed that, that one of my triggering scenarios, and, and maybe you've heard me talk about this, I hate that word triggering because it's been stolen and used as a, an excuse to throw a temper tantrum. Or almost but, just, I'm upset. Oh, I've triggered. Yeah. You, just being upset, me. even desperately upset, is not being triggered. They it, are not the same thing. Most of the time when people say they're triggered now, they're just throwing a spoiled brat's tantrum and I hate it. But... So for for PTSD folks, a, a triggering event is something that takes you back to a moment of trauma. And, you know, I talk about memory being both the emotional memory and then what I call the movie memory. So the, the ability to remember something in your head, in your mind's eye. But there's also this emotional memory. And a triggering event is when something you see takes your brain back to an event that made you feel similarly to you feeling now or to how you feel now and the emotions come forward but not always the the movie memory and so you you get this incredible emotional surge anger fear um you know whatever it might be you get this incredibly powerful emotion that's the triggering event so um when you you said see the event though you're talking about just in life Something happens and it makes you feel the same way that you did during a triggering event or during a traumatic event. Is that? Sure. It, okay. It, it can be sight. It's any sense though. It can be a sight. It can be a sound. It can be a smell. 
and and whatever it is, it triggers a memory that takes you back to a traumatic. Can event. it just be a situation? Like you're in a similar sure. situation, sure. or dealing with a similar stress. Absolutely. And it reminds you. Okay. okay. Well, and and the stress thing is, it's a well. The stress is a little bit different, but yes, that to, without going down a huge rabbit hole right now, right. it can be just a similar situation. Um, you know, it, I, I I talked to one person. Um, about a year ago that they were doing something at home I can't remember what it was but let's just say they were doing their taxes just for sake of example but they were doing their taxes when they found out that a loved one died a violent death and now today they have a hard time doing their taxes had nothing to do with the event but it's what they were doing when they felt that that very uh, scary or Mm -hmm. uh, powerful emotion but Um, but back to that. So one of my triggering, one of my triggers, I guess, for lack of a better word, is feeling a loss of control of a situation. I am shocked. Right. I am so shocked, <laughs> babe. Um, and I, you know, as I talked with a counselor and as I weeded through that a little bit more, it's because as a police officer, if you lose control, you can lose your life or somebody can lose their life. And so... It's this fear of fear type thing. I was afraid of losing control, which would then possibly put me at risk. So it was like this possible, 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 possible. But the second I felt like I was losing control, it would trigger me. And I would go into this like take charge mode. It was anger. It was aggression. It was, you know, the the Hulk comes out to, to protect me and whoever else is with me. No offense, though. Your Hulk was not like super scary. Well, and, and that was, that's true, but my... You're like a nice, cuddly Hulk. <laughs> my Hulk was... I think it was inside your head. It was, and, and but it was also, I exhausted the outside, but I just didn't do it. I chose a long time ago, and I was, this was reinforced as a police officer, that you do not lay your hands on loved ones. You do not do that. Yeah, like you don't lash out, like keep it together. You keep yeah. it together, and so... That's why I joined a boxing gym, and that's why I had a boxing bag and a kickboxing bag in the garage. And, you know, I, I'm not proud of some of the walls that I've dented <laughs> or broken or whatever, but my I would expend my energy on something other than hurting my family members, and, and that was always really important to me. Mm-hmm. So getting back to having these traumatic events, so they you go through something and sometimes you can have those triggers and they bring up the same emotions. But the whole point of having a new normal after these events is figuring out how to move on. And sometimes part of that is forgiveness. And I will say that being from a religious background, we're kind of a churchy people, uh, and whether you're into church or not, but forgiveness is very much enforced, which is an awesome, awesome thing. But I think that we need to understand that that is not the final part of this. Mm-hmm. Like, I could forgive that shooter who killed people years ago that actually changed our lives because it changed my husband who was there. You know, I can forgive him for that. I'm not, I don't really have any emotion towards him at all. I just accept that it is. Sometimes people do bad things. It just is. It's not a thing. So I feel like I'm at a place of forgiveness, but. I was still upset at what had been robbed from from what I viewed as me. I felt like I had been robbed. I had been robbed of a husband who wasn't suffering. 
I had been robbed, you know, from with having a husband who could sleep, who could, you know, be there and and all those things. And I, I felt it's the same way, too. I feel like when I we'll talk about, I'm sure, my hearing loss process at some point, but that was simply it just happened. There was no causation. It just legit happened. So there's no forgiveness in that situation. It's an acceptance. But even if you accept that it happened, there is a point where you have to figure out how to move on. And what is it that you have to do to move on and to accept a new normal? Yeah. And so I'm not going to discuss it in huge depth here, but I, as part of my, um, my consulting and coaching, I, I talk about the, the way that decisions are made, the way we make decisions. And um, if you're interested in that, please send an email or uh, drop a comment. I'd, I'd love to share it. But basically, the, the point I'm trying to get to is that every decision we make can be made with a positive emotion supporting it or a negative emotion supporting it. And every event, it doesn't matter how awesome or horrible that event is, you can draw positive conclusions and negative conclusions from all those events. And when it's a, a traumatic event, obviously we tend to draw the negative um, conclusions from that, the negative emotions and ne- negative results from that event. But if we can train ourselves to to point out and to identify and to highlight the positives that come from it and and choose, and I'm not saying being willfully ignorant or willfully blind, but choosing to be... Um, purposefully focusing on the positives that come out of a situation, the negatives tend to melt away. They just don't have the same. They're still there. They still exist and they're still true and real, but they just don't have the power over us that they may have or or once had over us. I think that's part of it. I think to me, there is a huge element of grieving loss. Sure. And that we typically think of, you know, a loved one that passes away. And so we need to grieve that, you know, or even our animals or, you know, it's like something that we love passes away and that's what grief is. Right. But in my experience, grief covers like anything and everything. And if you try and hide from that grief, it builds. And I think it leads to anxiety and depression and, you know, all these other things. So going back to our example where we talked about us and how we had to kind of reflect back on our early years and our marriage and how that was really, really hard. Part of what I had to do to get through that was I had to grieve the loss of that. Right. And it was painful. And it literally, I mean, you can Google it, but there's like these steps of grief, you know, there's like anger and uh, obviously the sadness portion and acceptance and you kind of bounce all over the place. But I think grief and allowing yourself to grieve is amazingly important. I think it's it's everything. And I think even with COVID, if there are things about your life before COVID that you're desperately missing, I think you need to let yourself grieve them. Yeah. I do. So what is grief like for you? Like how have you experienced grief? How do you process it? And how do you how do you let it happen without letting it overwhelm you? Because I think sometimes we're afraid to grieve because we're afraid, especially with traumatic stuff that's super, like you're kind of at your limit emotionally all the time anyway. You're kind of afraid to let that grief in because you're afraid it'll overtake you. Yeah. And, and honestly, it's the opposite. We, we 
hold grief in because we feel like it's going to overtake us, but actually holding it in is what causes it to overtake us. Right. Because what it does is it ends up making your world very small. Um, you know, your thought process is around this, this event. You're not grieving it, so it's ever present. You're focused on it, and your life revolves around this incident. And you become and, and experience exactly what you were afraid of. So, um, you know, that honestly, I've been terrible at grieving things for most of my adult life. I mm-hmm. just have because, um, you know, you hold it inside, especially as a police officer, right? You suck it up buttercup, right? Kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. This is what you signed up for. Um, you know, plus not only that, but we, we kind of wear it as a, and when I say we, I'm talking about first responders, but um, I think also non-first responders feel this too, that when, when you experience something traumatic and you do it for somebody else, you know, so that they don't have to experience pain or grief or sadness or sorrow or whatever it might be, you have this sense of pride. Yeah, it's an honorable thing to do. Right. It's and, valuable. And you're, you're happy to have helped them. And so it's, it's, a, it's kind of a weird dichotomy that where you're, one, trying, you're, you're proud of what you did, but then also grieving it. That just doesn't sound natural. So to answer that question, what I've done to grieve things is, um, and sometimes I will literally do this on a piece of paper where I will write down all the, you know, write the trauma down, just however you want to do that, just a word or a phrase or something, whatever happened. And then write down all the negatives that have come from that because those are easy to pop out. (laughs) You know, you've been Mm -hmm. thinking about them forever, put them on paper and then start to think of all the positives that, have come from it or that could come from it um, if you choose to allow them. And and quite frankly, when I do that, it deadens the hard stuff, the negative stuff. It just starts to to lessen its power against me. And that's that, honestly, that's how I've had to grieve. And, and quite frankly, um, I felt the hardest part of, of all this is turning into, you know, what I felt like was a sissy, you know, as, as a guy... I mean, if it means crying, it means crying. If it means hitting a punching bag, you know, a thousand times, and that's what it means. However you need to expend that negative emotion, that's what you need to do. And and you you already know how to do that. No one needs to tell you that. Um, you just have to not hold it in. I mean, find an appropriate time. You don't want to be, like, you know, in your face mask at the grocery store, like, sobbing uncontrollably. Like, or at work. Or at work. Well, yeah. people aren't even going into work now. That's so true. At your Zoom meeting. Yeah. You don't want to let it all out at your Zoom meeting with your boss. <laughs> right. Yeah. Find an appropriate time. But yeah, let yourself grieve it. Yep. Are there... So clearly there's trauma that you grieve. Right. That's... No offense. That's kind of obvious. Right. Huge events. You need to grieve that. But what are some uncommon events that you think you need to grieve? Like, for example, I really had to grieve this weird thought when I lost my hearing. It made me really sad to think that I had a six-month-old baby at the time and that he would never be able to whisper in my ear and Mm -hmm. me hear him. That one thought was, like, so sad to me. And I had to grieve, like, that one weird random thought in order to let it go and to move on. Are there like funny things in life that aren't even traumatic events that you kind of have to do? Like with COVID, is there anything that you think you're going to have to grieve the loss of or grieve the change of? Like what has been hard? Um, Well, you know, COVID has been really weird for me because it's been hard in a lot of ways, but it's also been very good for me in a lot of ways. It's been very healing. It's, It's allowed me to concentrate on things that 
um, I wasn't, you know, I want to say I, I couldn't find the time to do, and I hate that terminology. So that yeah. I was not making time to do, you know, get to know my, my kids better, my wife better, get mm-hmm. to know uh, myself better. But, um, you know, it, it's going to, I was just actually talking to a friend the other day and it's the, the new normal is going to be whatever it is. And we're not going to go back to the way it was before. And so a lot of that's going to be a pain in the butt. The change. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, there's going to be, you know, stricter requirements for certain things and there's going to be, you know, greater attention to health and, and which it should be. But what it's going to do is once we're back to the nine to five grind, as Americans are, Mm -hmm. it's going to slow down our grind. It's going to slow down certain things and that'll be a pain. We're going to have to get used to to dealing with that. But to be completely honest, I I think this COVID thing for me, the lessons that I hopefully am learning today are going to make things better you know, for the future. So maybe I think there's a lot of people, especially with job loss that are definitely not feeling that right now. No. And, and I get that. And, and I've had, my job has come to a screeching halt too. And yeah, yeah. money's tight for everybody. And, and, yeah. and or non-existent. Or, we get it. Or we non-existent. Get it. And, yeah. We get it. <laughs> and I, and I don't want to be flippant about that or dismissing of that, but that's no. something that we are all experiencing. The whole economy is mm-hmm. in flat bottom. But again, that's something that that I, I asked myself and I would ask you and everybody else to just ask yourself, like, is that your fault? Right. No, it's not your fault. Is there anything you could have done to have stopped this? No. Like we could have saved more. We could have saved more, but yeah. every America is really bad at saving and everybody uh, got out of debt. Yep. Everybody could Let's look at that. this and go, yeah, I need to have six months savings now. Right. I mean, so maybe there's some good, but again, it's a good lesson. Sure. That and, we could have learned from this. And shout out to Dave Ramsey, who's been saying this for decades. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, six months savings and, um, not only that, but maybe not have all your income coming from a single source. And, you know, there's lessons that can be learned from all this, but I think that, that at the end of the day, we need to go look stress and worry and, you know, just this, this feeling of desperation helps exactly nobody. Yeah. So if... But you do have to acknowledge it. You can't just ignore oh, sure. it because no. that's not healthy either. No. And, and I'm not saying to ignore it. I'm not saying to pretend like nothing happened. I'm just saying that right. you can address this mm-hmm. without feeling that intense emotion of anxiety and fear. And, yeah. it, you know, it's going to happen whether you're afraid or not. It's going to happen whether you're stressed out or not. So... If we can teach ourselves to approach this in a more, like, just take it as it comes way, we will all be better off for it. Well, you know what is weird, but it makes me kind of grateful for our hmm. trauma in all of this. Like, I never thought I'd say that. But, again, situations like this, I feel like sometimes I'm a little embarrassed that I'm kind of not freaking out like everybody else, mm-hmm. you know? And I know there are lots of people that are not freaking out, but you tend to hear about that. So I feel like sometimes maybe there's something wrong with me that I'm kind of okay with this. I'm actually really enjoying our time together. Mm -hmm. I'm really enjoying being with my kids. Like this is a huge opportunity. But that's a learned thing. That's what I'm saying though is I'm kind of grateful for the trauma because I didn't always feel that way. And I get how people panic because we've been in situations where 
you know, I mean, I've gotten the phone call or I like we'll talk about this experience, too. But I've I've been listening to the radio and heard about a shooting and knew my husband was there. Yeah. Didn't know if he was alive or dead, knew that he was going to come home having seen dead bodies and just this horrific stuff, like knowing that and then having lived through it, knowing the sun comes up. Yeah. That's what I always say is like, is it hard? Is it ugly? Yes. I lost my hearing. It was terrible. It was horrible. By the way, that was probably harder on me than it was on her. She the was hearing a, loss? Yeah. She, <laughs> she was a champ and I was a total out of my mind. Well, lunatic. you were... You were not diagnosed yet. Let's just leave it at that. So it was like super fun. Uh, But I feel blessed that those things happened because this kind of stuff happens now. And even Harvey, we, I mean, you're super grateful as you're sitting there watching the rain and watching the water rise and come close to your home. We were some of the lucky ones that we did not flood. So we're super grateful there. But at the same time, you also see how these events change your life. But the sun comes up. Yeah. If, you know, if you are, I don't know, traumatized at any point in your life, you need to, I feel like you need to acknowledge that it happened. You need to grieve the loss. Whatever mm-hmm. it is that you feel like you lost, you need to grieve that. Yeah. Let yourself grieve it. And then remember that the sun comes up. Yeah. You know, there's, I don't know. And I think part of that too is being married to a first responder. You are kind of prepared for the worst. Yeah. So very early on, we had a will. I have had a plan of what I would do as a single mother if you died. I have just known that. And so it kind of changes your perspective of the severity of things. So the fact that we are still married, the fact that we are in our home right now with our children, and that we have this stinking cute puppy follow us home, which is a totally (laughs) other story, but we have this cute little puppy right now. Um, It's those simple things that the sun comes up. I don't really care about drama. Yeah. And that is a gift. That is a gift that came from these experiences is I don't I don't need to care about that. I have these very simple simple things in my life and I'm doing the best I can and I am really totally okay with that and I'm kind of I I'm so sad for what's going on, but in a weird way, and I hope this doesn't upset anybody, I will actually look back at COVID as a terrible, horrible thing, but actually as a good time for us. Like, not a fun time, but it was, I don't know, it was a beneficial time for us, a blessing. It was was important growing. Yes. And I have to also make clear, too, that, Mm -hmm. you know, people have lost people. Yeah, we're lucky. Like we don't, we aren't dealing with that. So that's a whole different ball game for sure. And so we, and we understand that. And, and when we say that we've, this has been a benefit to us. We you know we say that with almost a, you know, like a, a reverence for the, yeah, for those that that lost their lives during this horrible thing. And um, I mean, it, it's cost our our governments, you know, billions of dollars mm-hmm. and to, the job loss and the job loss and the yeah. and the people loss and 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 to the first responders, the nurses, the Firefighters, uh, I mean, they're just doing an incredible job, and they're losing uh, friends and colleagues, and mm-hmm. and so we know it's a terrible thing. And and also, if you have gone through a traumatic event, and life is still hard for you, or life is harder because of that event, we also understand that too. That was us for many, many years. But the reason we we really decided to do this podcast is because we feel like we made it out to the other side. And by the way, we're still climbing. We're not 
high up on the yeah. hill on the other side. I don't think it'll ever stop. It's a conscious effort all the time. Constant work. And yeah. and so what we're trying to do is is give others a a beacon of hope and to see that you can, you know, climb out and uh get to the other side and you know the the new hill, the new mountain that you're standing on isn't going to look, you know, much if anything like the one you were on before, but you know, who knows? Maybe it's better. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it looks better. Maybe maybe life is better. Maybe you choose to change careers because of this or go back to school or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Maybe you choose to make tomorrow better than yesterday in the face of this horrible experience. Yeah, there's always good and bad that comes with each experience. And you need to acknowledge the bad for sure. And then but also deal and live in the good and realize that it does get better you know, that this is going to be brand new and it's going to change. I think another thing that goes along with that is you had a colleague that was killed in the line of duty. Yeah, murdered. He was murdered. And when that happened, we had long conversations and clearly it was a huge loss. And, you know, we had to grieve that and it's it hits close to home. So it's an especially difficult and tragic way to have to cope with things. But one of the interesting things about coming out of that and maybe anybody who has lost a loved one um, is you start to think that they want me to keep living. That yeah. that to stop living is to give power over that traumatic event. To lose hope, to not be happy is actually a disservice So for the sacrifice. So I think like in this scenario, there are people who are deathly ill or have died from COVID. Right. And that's desperately sad. And we all need to be responsible citizens and hygienic and, you know, be doing what we're supposed to be doing to protect each other and, and all of that. But there is this element that, you know, don't make their suffering or their loss for nothing. Don't make these sacrifices of these nurses and of these firefighters and, you know, police officers that are going out into the communities and risking themselves don't make their sacrifice not worth it. And part of what makes it worth it for them is that you live happily. You yeah. keep living. Like, you don't wallow in misery. They don't want to sacrifice themselves so that everybody else can be miserable. The point is they're trying to keep it going. They're trying to keep joy going and life going for other people, you know? That's right. what they love. Right. And, and you know, I think... I think one of the best ways to do this, and this is something that I learned, um, honestly, probably after, probably after Hurricane Harvey blew through, um, is that I really, when I try to say, back up. So people, I've heard a lot of people on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, and in person, and in emails have said, you know, things are never going to be the same, but it's out of a sense of you know, like a tragic despair. Yeah. 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 And so my, my challenge to myself and I guess to, to anyone listening as well is that can keep saying things will never be the same. Keep saying that, but say it in a positive way. Mm -hmm. Have that have a positive meaning for you. Things will never be the same. Things are going to get better and they're going to get better because you're going to make them better, you know? And, and that doesn't mean the bad things aren't going to continue to happen in the future, but that means that you're going to be better prepared to, take those negative experiences and use them for positive in your life. Have it, have it have a positive meaning for you in your life after the grieving, after the sadness, 
you know, after all that, have it have a positive meaning and you'll be amazed at how how much that changes your your outlook on life and quite honestly how how um open you will be to new opportunities. Yeah. So what do you think some things are that will change for you or that you want to change or that you've learned or enjoyed in this process that you want to continue after like when Through COVID? Yeah. Um you know, my my view on money and finances um have changed quite a bit. My view on on what's important, you know, the Okay, like what? Like give me specifics. On things that are important or on the money? Both. Everything. Cool. So on money, you know, you know, I I've said this many times and I know that a lot of people have said this where, you know, I'm tired of living paycheck to paycheck. Well, what I'm realizing is, you know, that's that's our that's us. Mm-hmm. If you're living to pay from paycheck to paycheck, that's not your boss's fault. That's not your your paycheck's fault. That's your fault. That's my fault. And so you know, and, and just to give you a good example, when before all this happened, just just to give an example, let's say I was making, you know, ten dollars a month, right? And I thought we needed to live on ten dollars a month and I was scared to go down to nine dollars a month. Well, when At which, by the way, is a symptom of the control of the PTSD. Sure. Part it, of like you wouldn't think about it, but your trauma what it can actually affect how you view finances. It can affect every aspect of your life. And absolutely, including memory loss, by the way. That has nothing to do with today's episode, but just so you know, yeah, memory loss. Um, but just for the example, I thought I could not, we were, we were talking about dropping our, our expenditures to $9 so that we could have some savings, and it terrified me. Well, life happens, and our income almost flatlines and all of a sudden we do the math and we can live on $5, not nine, not 10, mm-hmm. half of what I thought we needed, we can live on. And so, but you needed life to teach you that sometimes that's what we need. Like you it. can't, I, I, I needed a life lesson. And so yeah. to me, it, it just, it was a huge eye opener just to be able to, to, sit down something made me sit down do the math figure it out and anyway that opened my eyes to that and then also um this isn't going to be the last time that something happens in our lives you know we keep having these hurricanes we keep having these there was a massive tornado just the other day that took lives earthquakes and yeah stuff happens it's going to happen again so are we going to be shocked and in total awe when it happens again or are we going to be prepared and have you know, money saved away and, and not have one roll of toilet paper in the closet by <laughs> all you fiends that were stealing all the freaking toilet paper. Um, we have, had a stockpile way before that. Our, we did. Our tushies were comfy. We were <laughs> But, you know, toilet paper and, and deodorant and soap and just having more than one on hand for when stuff like this happens. I, it was just a good lesson. Is it fair to say maybe the lesson was the value of uh, simplicity? That's what I feel like. Yeah, sure. I yeah. think scaling back, simplicity is super important. Uh, what about, you said priorities. So what have you learned during COVID that you want to take into post-COVID? So my, you know, everyone's out of school, obviously. And yes. um, I don't I don't know where you're listening from, but where we're at, the school or the state, the state of Texas has announced that nobody in the state of Texas will be going back to school. And maybe that's the same with, with you. Maybe it's not, but... 
Um, and in fact, the order, because I'm the lawyer and I go read every single word and digest and analyze everything, mm-hmm. that the order actually says that the schools are closed indefinitely. Then it's closed for this year. So to me, in my lawyer brain, what that means is we don't even know when it's going to reopen. It may not reopen on time for next school year. We just don't know. So, And I think they don't know. And they don't know either. Right. So that all to say, I've been helping my uh, my son with homeschool. He's really kind of struggled with homeschool. It's, the, it's interesting. My other kids have kind of thrived on it. And he's had a hard time because he's he, he needs focus. He needs you know, specific time. And I've had to sit down with him quite a bit. And quite frankly, my relationship with him has changed over that. And, um, in a good way, in a very good way. You know, I think I've seen it. We've got a better relationship now and, um, he's doing better. And, and I'm quite frankly, I've had to learn some serious patience (laughs) in a way that I didn't, (laughs) I didn't know, but I want to take that with me. I want to continue to have the same, you know, supportive and, and patient relationship with not just him, but with all my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and with you as well. Yeah, uh, we've come a long way in yeah. in like having this time where you're forced to be together. And and I'll admit, the first couple of weeks were pretty rough. Rough. Really, we'll talk about that another time too. Yeah. <laughs> ah, but we made it, and yeah. now things are really good. And yeah, I just the value of what's really important. Yeah. Uh, we're really lucky that we do have a lot of people in this house right now. And a lot of animals. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like it's just a lot to love. <laughs> and I'm totally okay with that. I just, I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, it's chaos and there's fighting. Um, but I, I do. I just, I desperately love it. I think. And the fighting is reducing because. Because we got a puppy. We got a puppy. <laughs> but the kids are learning too. The kids are learning to be yeah. more helpful and more patient. We, we were just commenting today about how. Our, our kids are like, we had one daughter walk in and was like, hey, I thought of an extra job for myself. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just, that doesn't happen. It's no. Like, awesome. This initiative to clean something, I don't, Amazing. I, I'm not counting on that continuing. Like, that's just, I'm one, just going to take One can it. always hope. You can. <laughs> I think it will change things in our family. I, frankly, I hope it changes things society-wide because we have multiple children. We have four. That's more than a lot of families have. And we have come on the struggle of, you know, schools and extracurricular activities are not equipped for a larger family. Mm -mm. And right before COVID hit, we were making it work, but it was was insanity. It was miserable. Just anyway. And I think all of these things are super important to our kids. But I wonder if we're going to have to sit and evaluate what we really want what do we want this family life to really look like and it's that really important piece Mm -hmm. of life and it's been you always hear of you know put your family first and and whatever but I don't think as a society and even as a couple as a family we have never had the time to actually experience being with our family this much We've tried, but, you know, we've had jobs or grad school or police. Like, it's always been something. Yeah. This is the first chance where we've really had that time. We were forced to. And I'm grateful. Right. And, again, the sun comes up. Mm-hmm. And now I just feel like this is an opportunity to really cling and figure out what is most important for you and take that into your post-COVID situation. 
And I think for a lot of people who maybe have had past trauma, being isolated is a real challenge. Yeah. If you are alone, yeah, especially if you live alone, it's massively depressing. And so this is really forcing you to dig deep and take care of yourself, you know, reaching out on Zoom and not relying on other people to reach out to you. You be the one that reaches out. And anybody who maybe has had trauma in their past, I think this has been an opportunity, whether they're alone or not, even if they're with their families, you know, they're probably experiencing extreme stress. You're isolated. You're maybe home with family that you're not used to. That's an added stress. Uh, You may have lost a job. So then you're stressed out about that. And anything that happened in your past that you have not addressed, I think can come up to bite you during these circumstances. And I think this is actually a time that maybe we can emerge from it happier and healthier and better able to take care of ourselves and each other. Each other. And that's that's my real hope is we just come out with just sunshine and <laughs> rainbows and unicorns and it's just going to be awesome. I sure hope so. Yeah. But that being said, um, I think that's it for us today. Yep. And appreciate you uh, checking in with us and hanging out with us. And if you have questions or if you've got ideas for future episodes, something you'd like to hear us talk about, uh, please you know, send us a message, a, an email, a comment, whatever it might be, and we'd love to do it. So everyone stay safe, take care, we'll talk to you next time. Please subscribe, comment, like, and share, or you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also email us at posttraumalife at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you. See.